Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Fangs with Twang. Check it out. All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Joe, Andy, and Billy from Fangs and Twang. How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty Excellent. good. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks to you guys so much. I, I had to practice that. I was talking about it a little bit before we started uh, because, you know, it's fans with bands, and I really want to say fangs with twang, and I was like, right, be sure to say and, you know. And then we usually we were get the extra S is what we want. <laughs> yeah, and then we were talking about, because I said I live by Myers, which is Meyer, but Ooh. I always had the S, you know, and it's always, it, it is Myers. I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah. So we die, it's gonna be Myers. Myers and Kroger. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. All the lovely uh, Kroger's. <laughs> uh I had to smile, well, you know, because I was um uh, I I can't remember like where uh I originally saw you guys, but I remember like probably the very first time was you guys opened up for Captain Ivory like years ago. Um I think it's called Ziggy's now, but it was then. Like, oh, it was the Sarah um, something. Bonacera, the basement. Now that's Bobcat Bonnie's upstairs, but it um, it was Bonacera, and they did shows in the basement. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just remember you know like seeing like who is this band because I didn't know who you guys were, you know, and I thought the <laughs> the name, and then I was like, hey, all their songs are about monsters. What the hell is going on here? This is awesome. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's taken me. It's the monster nobody's heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's taken me way too long to get you guys on the show, but I just, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for, for having us. us. And we've always appreciated your writing both about us, which is very flattering, but also about all the other bands you cover and, and all you do to promote the scene and music in general. So thank you. And we very much love being here today. Cool. Well, thanks. So uh, let's, I, I like to go back a lot of times, uh, you know, because most people don't even know who half the bands I'm talking to are. Uh, how did, fangs and twang uh come to be how how was it born mm, who wants to take this one <laughs> um so we were all uh members uh of a previous band and uh we um the the gentleman that uh, ran that other band <clears throat> was uh kind of going in a certain direction and uh doing some solo stuff and writing some things and then um so uh, we were kind of joking one day at practice about uh, writing monster songs. And I was like, man, you should write them in the style of country music. It would be hilarious. And, uh, and like some coffee was puked on the floor and everybody laughed. <laughs> thing that we were singing. And then uh, so it just kind of got put to the side. And then uh, uh, the, uh, the leader of that previous band uh, shifted gears and, and was working on some more solo stuff. So uh, we all came to a loose agreement that... Um, he would uh, change up the lineup and we would be free to go pursue and do what we wanted to do. So we took a big bag and grabbed yeah, as much art as we could. And... I, I mean, really, I'd just say like the, the three of us, like, you know, so with the other band or whatever, like every, it's a every week band practice. And, but beyond that, it's a hang, you know, yeah, and, definitely. and the three of us just love hanging together and, you know, having, having a few drinks or whatever and talking about music and then eventually playing music. And, <laughs> like hey why don't we just do this thing you know <laughs> it's a good chemistry together and you know 
And then the whole idea, the whole uh, concept of, okay, let's do some monsters themed songs, but do them in the country style or it, which became country rock, which became country jam rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just keeps going. And so we're having a blast still. I, um, I was, I was like, I'm probably the least experienced musician in the band. So I was like, okay, if, if we got to move on, I definitely want Billy and Andy. Cause I think Andy can write a lot of songs and Billy and I have been playing for now it's been 16 years, but at the time we've been in the rhythm section for like nine years. And I'd also yeah. just been in Austin, Texas for like a week. And I'd seen a lot of Dale Watson shows. So I was like sort of feeling around the country. And so it yeah. sort of all just kind of came together from that. And yeah, once we started, we just had sort of built up ahead of steam and it's evolved obviously as all music can, um, but it's been, it's been a blast since the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys have been playing together for 16 years. Is that? No, no, we, Billy, well, Billy and I have, cause we started, um, Joe and I were, were in a previous band, um, okay. since about 2007. And okay. then, uh, we started doing the Fangs and Twang thing. Andy joined that band in like 2012. And okay. then we kind of started doing Fangs and Twang stuff, 2014, 2015. Yeah, it's been nine years. So yeah. yeah all right. So nine going on 10 then. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I know I've checked out your, your other albums and I know you're in the process of working on a new one that's coming out in the fall. Yes. Um, so I'm curious, how, how do you feel that those tunes compare to like the last album, uh, Spirits and Chaser, uh, in 2019? I, I think it's kind of just like, it's like with every album we've been doing, it seems like, um, it's just kind of a continuation of the next one and not like repeating things, but um, yeah. uh, it's kind of like a familiar formula and we just keep adding to it. And as we play together and hang together, more of our musical influences and our personal likes kind of dump into it. And I think that kind of takes shape of the music over time. So like you'll hear flourishes of country and, and, and some jam rock and some punk rock. And like, I think this one, this record seems like really like, almost rock heavy like a culmination of that kind of side of us like uh um i don't want to say harder edge because we don't really have hard music but it's <laughs> more rocky than country yeah, it's right. more of a head rock record with yeah. maybe a country song on it yeah. <laughs> yeah we always have like we love the fiddle and the mandolin and stuff so it's like when it's just part of some of the stuff that we like to listen to so it ends up in our music and it kind of gives it that little weird flavor yeah, from what I've been able to listen to so far, I thought it sounded great. And but but I did think it was it it still got those elements of country music, but um, yeah, uh, maybe a little bit more rock oriented. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm I think it's also like the songs. Um, previous records, like we've worked, you know, we start writing the next record as soon as the previous one's done. But it's not like it's we sit down and woodshed it all at once. We just sort of write as we go. Yeah. And so a lot of these songs, because of the pandemic, didn't get as much played live so there was a lot of these that we probably played live maybe a couple times if at all and so i think we found ourselves sort of finishing more of these ones right at the end and i think another difference might be when we first started that first record is a lot of straight story songs that are like mostly you know very literally about a monster and i think we've gotten less much less about it there's more political songs more much more personal songs using sort of the monster as the template as sort of the storytelling vehicle but they're less like just literal story songs that are just about a monster which i think was where we started yeah because uh, you guys were um cool enough to, to let me check out some of the the music before it's been released and there's a tune called you monster 
<laughs> which definitely is not about a you know like a it's it's about a, like a real monster you know yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all over the place <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like wow this is quite a turn um so kind of a two-part question um like you you obviously have like monster themes and you're, and you're keeping that in there um how hard is it to research new monsters and and two um is is part of that evolution um you know trying to bring in a little bit more of a uh i mean were you consciously trying to make a more of a political statement i mean it's not a political song i shouldn't say that but it's more of a real life song it's like looking at all these you know the real life monsters around us um i guess yeah. where were you trying to go with that one i'll, I'll take this one so yeah <laughs> I, I wrote you monster um uh, so a lot of times what we'll do is, you know, hear about this like certain kind of creature and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like Copelic Monster, for example, is like, <laughs> oh, there's this thing that like lures its prey up onto a train track and then they get run over. Like, that's a cool thing. So let's write about that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, but with You Monster, that was just a really just a song that just kind of came out. Like, especially, you know, at the time, uh, like things that were happening, you know, say yeah, politically yeah. or whatever. And it was more just a song that I just kind of wrote. And then, well, the I believe in Bigfoot, I believe in, you know, all those yeah. kind of things, just the, the, the method of getting the song out. Um, but yeah, there is more of a message there than usual. So that's one that didn't start with the monster. It started with the idea or just. The actual song and then kind of you know shoehorned into our concept in that way so yeah usually it starts maybe more with the the monster itself but that one just kind of came organically yeah and it's one of those songs where you just start writing it and it was literally just finished you know it was like a, a 30 minute song he oh, sent us a demo of that like an acoustic recording like are we doing this slow he's like no we're doing a rock and then the first time we played it a lot in in the garage it was like fully formed i'm like holy shit that was <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so what yeah, is it? Uh, oh, it there's no shortage. Like somebody will always give you a suggestion when they find out when they find out that you do like songs about monsters. Uh -oh. Like, oh, yeah. you should check this monster. Or you should check, you know, like write a song about this one. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's frequently. Uh, so so what is the songwriting process like for you guys? So you know, you were talking about um, coming in with this idea and then bringing it, you know, together as a band and, and jamming it out and seeing how it works. Uh, is that the, the normal uh, process for you guys? Somebody comes up, comes in with a almost fully fleshed out idea and the rest of you look at it and go, yeah, this works or this doesn't, or is it jamming and putting pieces together and go, oh, I like this and this and this. Yeah. It's all over the place, really. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times, <clears throat> like I, I'm a drummer. I don't really play a lot of like stringed instruments or, or anything like that. So just a couple. Yeah, I just bash on things. <laughs> Not a lot of them. And so like when I have a song, it's just like about an idea uh -huh. of something that I want to write about, or you know, some feelings that are wrapped up in a monster tale, and and then um, you know, bring it to the guys, and and we flesh it out musically. Um, Andy is like the maestro, so a lot of times he comes with words and music, which is really incredibly cool. <laughs> And then it goes from there. But um, I think ever, we all just kind of write a little bit different. Yeah, probably the the majority of them come from um, having a couple of parts, maybe a couple of riffs or just a, a chord progression that maybe I'll be kind of banging around with. And then 
you know, play that with the band. We start jamming on it and then develop it into a song from there. That's that's probably how most of them happen. But then, yeah, it's not always the same way, yeah. um, particularly when Billy writes a song it, like he might just actually sing some of his ideas or whatever into a voice recording. And then I'll take that and maybe put some chords with it or, you know, like the uh, boxed in was yeah. like, okay, this is kind of like a Kenny Rogers feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, we just kind of take it from there. So but it's, like, it's almost, almost always collaborative. Cool. There's, there's very few that are just like, I wrote this, let's play it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of boxed in, uh, what what the hell is that about? Because I was like, what what is going on here? <laughs> so that is, uh, you know, and we, we've been shying away at gigs now because everybody's so tired about the, you know, hearing about the pandemic. It was just a pandemic song we uh, okay, you know, we wrote, came up with the words, and it's basically a vampire who's, um, you know, lamenting that he does not have uh, access to uh, all of the food and things that he needs as a vampire because the everybody's kind of shut in from the pandemic, so he's. <laughs> He's inside his coffin, just trapped in his crushed velvet walls, wishing that he could hook up with uh, with um, the young lady of the night that he had met previously. But she is now on lockdown, so quite sad about it. Thirsty. Seems like a lot of these monsters are pursuing the yeah. opposite sex. Yeah, as well. monsters need love too, sex. man. Monsters need monsters love. Monsters in love. That's right. Oh man, that's one of my love recurring theme. Uh, uh, I also really liked Incredible. Um, <laughs> that that was really cool. So uh, how did that come about? Who who came up with that one? Yeah, that one was me. Um, I'm trying to think of how that one came about, actually. It might have been just something that I was, you know, strumming on an acoustic guitar. Um, I mean, there's definitely that, like, I have a weird connection with the Hulk. Because when I was <laughs> a kid, I loved the Hulk. Yeah. I was also like, as a, I don't know, third, fourth grader or something, I was scared of the Hulk. Like I, I had this Hulk bank on my dresser when I was a little kid and my parents had to like put it in the basement because I was scared of it, but I loved it. Just the head? Yeah. Oh, I remember Just the that. head of the Hulk. Yeah. I remember that. And so, I don't know. I, um, I was really into the Hulk and then there was the eighties TV show. Yeah. And what I always remember from that was the end of this show where he's walking down the road and then there's that, you know, the music, which yeah. we kind of tease in the song. <laughs> which, so it was like, oh, this is perfect because the Hulk is a monster and he has this melancholy kind of thing where he's always got to keep on moving and I uh, can't find any connection. So that was definitely uh, where that was that where that one came when from. we were listening to I was listening to the mixes too and I happened to notice that like when we write about really famous monsters it's they're always green so you have Godzilla <laughs> you have one thing you have the Hulk so uh, definitely we, we have a type <laughs> you heard it first here we wrote Godzilla that was a cult. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We embellished on a great song by Blue Oyster Cult. Godzilla. That's right. I actually have uh, Godzilla here. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then, you know, we try to keep um, things like in some way humorous as well. Right. I don't know if it's like I I crack myself up with the I rip my jeans line. (laughs) I don't know if you're talking about that. Because the other thing about the Hulk when I was a kid is I had jeans that were that you know cut at the bottom and shredded so they could be like the Hulk, Hulk jeans. jeans. And he got mad and they ripped. 
<laughs> and so I don't know that line just silly. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> Else gets that if Andy's mom is listening, please post a picture of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How did you roll those jeans if it was back in eighties? If they were shredded at the bottom? No, that didn't start happening until the yeah late eighties or could early tie 90s. them and make them. Tie oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how did you guys get into like? Oh well. So, uh, let me start. Which what's each of yours like? Do you have a favorite monster? Like, I mean, so you know, clearly Andy. It sounds like maybe the Hulk, but. Um, is there, does, do each of you have a, like a favorite monster? You know, like monster wise, I would probably say, um, I dig the swamp thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably one of my all time favorites, you know, like, um, a lot of the comics were really good. I love yeah. the movie when I was a kid with Adrian Barbeau and, and, I don't know, just a lot of wrapped up in that guy over the years. So if I had to pick a favorite, like of all time, probably the Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, awesome. Throwing some uh, hallucinogenic sweet potatoes out of his back. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to uh, love someone. So go Swamp Thing. I think I like love going outdoors and backpacking and just being out in the wild and things like that. And so I think I love the ones that are more like Bigfoot or or Nessie because they're they sort of speak to like well, we know we know a lot about the natural world. There's definitely things we don't know, and so those things like are enough of, like they could be possible because this world, yeah, well, yeah. mostly discovered and things like that. There's definitely places where there's new things always being discovered. So I think those things that are interesting to me that are like these ones that could be real or or like more, they're less supernatural and more like some sort of natural being that could still be out there. And so I think there's an intrigue there, and and that's a, that's interesting to me. Yeah, it is round though. We do believe that it is round. The Earth, yes. Uh, oh, you do? Yeah. I, think, okay. I, think I, I think I do. Yeah. This is um, round and flat. You mean? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just a half round, like a big record, and right round, yes. right round. Uh, so, so in here first. I'm a flatlander. <laughs> is is the Hulk your favorite monster? Or is it just? Uh... A cool I yeah i was trying to think about that if i really do have a favorite or not well it's cool i think about like you know doing writing these songs this way is like learning about new stuff like uh there's a song on the new one uh called Melonhead, which is not really a monster well <laughs> that was i was gonna ask you about that because i was like what the hell is Melonhead? <laughs> i think i think at the risk of being like you know not very uh politically correct uh there, there's something happening in west michigan where they thought some creatures were you know sighted but it turned out it was just uh some uh, uh some sort of kids facility of you know kids that all had hydrocephalus and oh, they, had no. <laughs> they have really large heads i don't know how much of this is just legend and which is actually true but it's one of those wikipedia things that i came across <laughs> at some point it's like okay this probably deserves a song <laughs> Legend of an evil doctor. There's a whole yeah. story. I'm like what? Yeah. But just coming across those things, that's that's kind of the cool part for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Did Hopefully. you guys? Uh, you you might be old enough. Did you ever watch In Search of? Yes. Mm. <laughs> didn't we didn't we sample it? For... So <laughs> without being invoking any losses, if you look if you listen really close to um, Loveless and Loch Ness deep in the background, you can hear. This out. <laughs> awesome. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, because that's what I think of when I'm looking through uh, like all the different songs you guys have. I'm just like, yep, Pinhead or uh, there was another one. Uh, did you guys do the Mothman? No, we have not you done that. Oh, you did some of the kind of like uh, weird man that was uh, like flying around. Dog man. Dog man. Dog man. Okay. Uh, New Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the New Jersey Devil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it just it, I, I, either, but... <laughs> every time I every time I look through your guys' list of tunes, that's what I think of is in search of, you know, and then <laughs> Leonard Nimoy's here. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> the ancient America. Is my time. <laughs> so how did you guys get into music? What was uh, was there a particular um, person, uh, a band, somebody in your life that influenced you and made you want to? pick up an instrument and start playing it. And beyond that, because a lot of people do that, but they don't necessarily get into bands and play out. So what was kind of the influencing for each of you guys? Um, who wants to go first? Uh, uh, I'll go first. Um, I grew up in a very musical family. Like we uh, like musical theater, classical music, uh, always just, you know, I was, I was the youngest of four kids, so I got dragged to everything. Um, which sometimes I didn't really like, but then later in life, I found I actually, you know, I do appreciate all, all the things I was exposed to. Um, so yeah, you know, just having that kind of ingrained in me and then, you know, started playing instruments fairly early. And then I got a drum set when I was in middle school and, uh, yeah. And then tried to start playing in bands like in high school, but nothing ever really materialized too much. And switched over to guitar at some point and and then just uh yeah started meeting people and then i've been playing in in bands since uh the late 90s oh cool and yeah there hasn't really been a gap just kind of hopping from band to band um over the years nice nice uh i'll go next this is, this is joe um i grew up with a uh, my dad was a piano player um he played in bands in like high school um, but at home, he always just played the piano. He'd put us up on the upright and always play. So we always were into music at the house. Um, and but I'm the opposite of Andy. I'm the oldest of five of five kids, and all of my siblings all played music. My parents say that I was asked and wasn't interested. I don't remember being asked, but it, maybe it's all worked <laughs> out okay. Um, but I, in high school, I discovered like the local music scene in Chicago, and so uh, once we could, even before we could drive, once we certainly once I could drive, we were at two or three punk shows a week all over the city, driving to other cities. Um, and then um, at the time, like my, my siblings all continued to play music and all had been in bands and toured even like not hugely, but they had all been in yeah. bands. And, um, and when my dad turned, uh, I think he turned 50, he started like a party band, a, a family, uh, like mostly cover rock band. And uh, I went to see one of their shows in, in a garage and I'm like, this is great. They don't have a bass player. Maybe I can play bass. Never played bass before, but my cousin, um, who has been in bands and toured gave me a bass and he's like here's here's the notes here's what you should do and just come come play so i learned from there and i played a couple of shows and then moved to michigan and um wasn't playing all that much but i got a call because a, a bunch of my neighbors were in this band that we mentioned previously and um joined there and just haven't looked back since that was like 2006 maybe um nice. something like that so about 16 or 17 years ago uh, so I was a little bit late to join uh, the club of play music, but prior to that had been a huge music fan and promoted shows and booked a lot of shows in college and in different places. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Billy. Um, let's see. When I was a kid, I got the, uh, 
the album Kiss Alive and fell in love with uh, listening to rock and roll music and uh, <laughs> kept going. And then uh, school band came and my dad uh, played the drums in the school band and they wanted me to be in the school band. So he said, I was a drummer. I have a drum. You can play the drums. And so <laughs> I played the drums and said, I want a drum set. And they were like, if you stay in the band till the eighth grade, we'll buy you a drum set. And so I did it and got a drum set. And then just throughout the years, I've had a bunch of cool friends with a bunch of cool guitars and you know bang stuff out here and there and uh i'm here today still playing music and i'm still actually best friends with a lot of the people that i was in the school uh high school band with so i just off you last week so yeah love music and can't get enough of it and always want to play it i always want to be around it your dad kept his drums from like great i still play my snare drum is the snare drum that my dad played in high school it's a ludwig acrylate snare drum so what? i still use the really? same same snare drum yeah i never knew that yeah that's a good story Holy cow, that's crazy wow oh what well, i'm just curious what high school was that so i went to uh I, i'm originally from bay city okay and so uh i went to um my freshman year i went to bay city uh teal handy high school and then they closed it and i went to bay city central high school and uh graduated in 93 as a wolf so nice here we go. <laughs> as a wolf and that ties into the wolf man now <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever looking for a co-host billy also did the uh, high school radio show and so All right. some uh some tapes from there and it's oh, pretty yeah. amazing to hear high school billy amazing uh, is one word for it <laughs> oh. oh man that's awesome yeah, we had a high school radio station. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, what, what kind of music was you were you playing? Uh, we play uh, rock, alternative. Um, we used to actually. The cool thing was we would get um, collect. We got in trouble. To, we had to stop taking collect calls from the Bay County Jail because they were calling requests <laughs> like stuff. So we were like, Slayer going out of the uh, whoever you know. Like, no more collect calls. It was the early '90s, so it was shifting right from like like metal to uh we would get all the promo cds we would get in would be like pearl jam and rage against machine and yeah. it, was, it was a cool time to be on the radio <laughs> yeah hell yeah i mean just in general it would be fun you know it still is fun but uh, oh yeah just hang out after school for a couple hours and you know just do the thing in the studio and then go mess around with your friends yeah yeah so i'm gonna guess um but i could be wrong did, did any of you have like country music as like something you grew up with how did you get into playing country music yeah I did. my my dad has always been a uh country music fan i mean just the the classics you know yeah hank williams senior johnny cash willie nelson all that kind of stuff so that's that's definitely where i got my uh country influence from and then i started playing mandolin uh like in the early 2000s with a band called Back 40 okay. and kind of like learned uh just wanted to get more into that style of music so I kind of discovered bluegrass from there okay yeah bluegrass is uh I always think of that as like the uh heavy metal of country music um you know <laughs> My it's, family it's wrong. fast and frenetic, frenetic and you know just oh, rude. yeah <laughs> uh tons of my family country music a lot of um yeah and buck owens and um red sovine and the phantom 309 like weird old trucker stuff that like yeah people would listen to and stuff so and uh my um polka music oh cool <laughs> old polka music 
So, so Joe, did you have any country music in your background? Oh, I mean, we, my dad, my parents listened to some of the classics, but I wouldn't say it was a particularly strong presence. They were probably more of like rock and roll. My dad's big Beatles and Stones fans and things like that. Okay. Right. But the band we were in prior was was sort of a, a rock and bluegrass kind of a band. So I think that probably got us or got me a little bit more exposed to that as well. Nice. Nice. So has there been an album um, that, you know, could be um, more recent or uh, way back that you if somebody's like uh, if you start talking about music with uh, friends or family or whoever, or somebody you just meet um, and you go, oh, man this is an album you need to check out. Uh, what would that be? Mm. I always tell people about uh, Los Lobos Kiko. Ah, nice. Are you familiar with that Los Lobos at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just played in Ann Arbor. I know, and I missed it. I was out of town. <laughs> but I've seen them a bunch of times. Yeah, I but, th uh, think I saw that. Did they play at uh, Eric Clapton's Crossroads uh, years ago? could be yeah i think i i know i've seen him once but yeah that's cool awesome uh joe how about you oh i gotta think about this uh, i mean i <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure right now i'll think about it all right B billy do you know and your time billy. um yeah if i had to tell somebody to go check something out i mean it would probably be selfishly something that i would like a lot so um like two standout albums of like on my all-time list would be uh willie nelson the redheaded stranger and frank zappa apostrophe which uh, are pretty much kind of opposite ends of the spectrum but, like, opposites. <laughs> yeah. but uh, those are two like in probably my top 10 favorite all-time records so. awesome all right i'll go with the one i first thought of when you asked the question because that's usually what i do um <laughs> and so it's it, it's one I just remember like uh, the Minutemen, Double Nickels on the Dime. It's like 40 songs. They're all like under a minute. Um, Mike Watt was probably like one of the first bass players that I really loved. Um, I would, I, so I'd probably say I, I am influenced him as a bass player, but I loved him way before I even thought about playing bass. Yeah. And I loved them because they were, um, I think the songs were just grooving, but they were, they kind of were like pretty eclectic and pretty, um, they fit and played in sort of within the punk and the DIY scene but they were definitely not sort of straightforward punk and, and pretty interesting from that perspective. So that's definitely a record that I've, I've been listening to forever. And I think, I think my, uh, one of my uncles gave me that record when I was a kid. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So what was the, the last, uh, album that you were listening to that you really liked, um, or streamed or however, cause I know a lot of people, well, some people, a lot of people now are buying vinyl, but, um, uh, Billy, how about what was the last one you listened um, to you really enjoyed? The one that I, like I, that keeps get, was getting played ad nauseum that my family got pissed at was um, <laughs> uh, oh, I can't even think of their I can't I never get their name straight. Um, King, Gizzard. King Gizzard and the Electric Wizard oh. <laughs> and the Lizard Wizard and the Lizard, lizard Wizard. wizard. Yeah. Uh, it's the one with, like the beige cover has like Omnium. It starts out with dripping dripping tap. <laughs> they have like twenty three albums or whatever. <laughs> The one that starts with dripping tab, I think it's kind of like a like purplish like color. Uh, that probably I was listening over and over again. That and um, there's a record. I think it's like Robert Palmer's first record, and it has uh, Robert Palmer, <laughs> Allie with Sally. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that was like got yeah. stuck I, for some reason. I heard a song off of it, and then like couldn't stop listening to it. And uh, yeah, that one got banned in my house too. <laughs> we started playing. 
Yeah, we started playing it in the garage. <laughs> To figure out how to make that a monster song. Oh but, yeah, kind oh, of, yeah. <laughs> alley to the alley, huh? uh, scary situation. Yeah. Uh, Andy, how about you? Um, I don't know. Like one thing I've been doing a lot lately is I've been listening to the Three Kings, so BB King, Albert <laughs> King, <laughs> and Freddie King. I mean, I like I always thought like oh the blues it's just so basic you know yeah. and it's like oh I know how to play the blues I can play the you know pentatonic scale yeah um, but I've been like inserting myself a little bit deeper and, like actually listening and listening to the way that these guys phrase and they don't just play a billion notes and you know they play three notes yeah. but that they put all their emotion into it so I've been trying to like really immerse myself a little bit more in that and figure out really what's what's going on there and, and hopefully that like is you know making me a little bit more soulful and not just like playing the same patterns on the guitar neck all the time yeah i as a so i started off as trying to play as many notes as possible uh you know being in a heavy metal band just play fast just do it it's gotta be you know whatever and yeah it that is something that i've been getting into more and more is, is like old blues players because I, I clearly well two things i noticed that uh, my chord playing sucks you know as far as like doing partial chords and staying in time uh because i spent all my time trying to play as fast as possible and uh yeah just note choices and being able to it sounds cliche to you know when somebody says oh he made you know it with one note he did x y and z you know as opposed to 50 million notes but sometimes that's true so yeah yeah uh, i'm gonna have to go listen to some more kings because I've been listening to uh, a newer King, which is Marcus King. Yeah, oh, yeah, Marcus King's great. Yeah, and that guy. Yeah, yeah. Which he's got a great voice too. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. too. Um, Joe, how about you? I'm ready now. Thanks for making me go last because that gave me some time. <laughs> Although I could have actually gone right away. I, I had an answer. <laughs> um, I was in. I think it was October or November of this past year. I was flying to Philly. Uh, for a job interview, I, I recently left my job of 15 years. So it's kind of a transitional big moment in my life. Um, and I was looking to see who was playing there. And I saw that this band Plains was playing. And I recognized that it was um, Katie from Waxahachie was one of the persons and Jess Williamson, the two songwriters that come together to write that record. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm gonna go check that out. And on the way there, I listened to it on the plane. And I was like, oh, man, these lyrics are freaking awesome. And then I got to see I went to the interview kind of knew I wasn't going to get it, but it was still a great experience. And I went and saw them play that night and it just blew me away. And I just have been listening to that record ever since. Um, and I think for me, it like really spoke to like the emotion, the emotional part of it really spoke to me and the lyrics spoke to me of where I was, but then I got to see them right away, sort of in the same day of sort of listening to them and seeing them live. Yeah. Cause previously I always got in the bands through seeing them live. Like if I saw them live, I would just be hooked if the energy was right. And yeah. More recently, I've been much more into the, like the lyrics of things rather than just sort of the energy or the vibe. So um, that they kind of combine both because I got to see a great live show and hear and the, the lyrics really spoke to me. So awesome. they've been on repeat since then. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Um, have you ever been bummed out when you go like you hear like you see a band uh, <laughs> and then they're really cool and then you buy their album and it is not as good, like just lacks the energy? Have you ever run into that? <laughs> It's usually the opposite, like of a band. I mean, there's definitely been bands where I thought this is going to be a party live and then have it be totally underwhelming <laughs> live. And so I think that's more of the thing. And usually like I can, if I like them live, I can sort of 
be into what what they're doing on record and acknowledge like those two things are different mediums. Yeah, yeah. Um, the band Cults, which I, I forget what year the record came out, but they put on like a really they had a really sort of pop dance record that was just a party on record, and we saw them at the Magic Bag in Ferndale, and it was like so boring, and like you could tell they're just playing the same set without energy. I'm like, this should have been like freaking party. <laughs> we were dancing around the bush and all these other bands and not naming names but i'm fucking naming names so <laughs> well, i don't think they're around and i don't think it's gonna harm us so, so bad they don't even exist but i'm yeah. glad no one else is being honest on this stuff. <laughs> uh, that's um, funny <laughs> uh so uh you know, uh, where are we? Shit, and now I was t- laughing, I forgot where I was gonna go. Oh, uh, so as far as like, uh, for you guys, you know, Fangs and Twang, uh, if you could play any, uh, anywhere in the world, any venue, what, what would that venue be for each of you, and who would you like to have on the bill with you? Mm. <laughs> uh, let's maybe start with Andy. Okay, well, I mean, my my favorite venue, at least that I've been to, is Red Rocks. I mean, it's, it's famous. Yeah, it's it, it's just an it's an incredible. Like you you get you you get into Colorado, you feel like you're on a different planet. Like you're up in the altitude, so like maybe you're just a little bit lightheaded in general. <laughs> but then there's just like the you know the the way that the um the whole venue is just part of the landscape. Yeah. Um, is just incredible so i would definitely love to play there i've you know visited like you can actually tour the place when there's not concerts and stuff too and almost get on the stage so mm. kind of know what that might feel like but um and who would we play with hmm i mean uh i don't know i i, I do like uh, so i'm i'm the guy in the band that uh that likes the jams you know so uh, I, i'm a big uh follower of the band fish uh, I all got right back, got back from seeing them at, uh last weekend two shows how many cool. shows you got i know you want to share this <laughs> I, I mean i've seen 50 shows but that's in, wow. in the fish world, that, that's not a lot that's not a lot in the fish world but uh, <laughs> that's true so. <laughs> since uh started in 98 and i've been hooked ever since so oh, man uh, i would like to play with those guys but there's no way i would play after them so we're gonna be right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true yeah. i mean yeah i think it's like uh the the thing that's that's great there's a lot of things that's great about fish but uh it's just there's so many different aspects and humor is one of them and being really serious about the music but being completely not taking yourself seriously and so that's definitely things i think that i've either brought into the band or that have just been part of our band all the entire time it's got to be like humorous we have to be having a good time with it but we do like you know try to try to lay some shit down from time to time (laughs) and take our music seriously (laughs) all right ourselves too seriously yeah yeah Uh, i think um first thing that came to mind for me was uh the metro in chicago it's just a place where i've seen so many shows having grown up in chicago and seen so many you know in the formative years or when you're really into music so yeah i picked that place um and i think i i guess i would go with um i mentioned all like a lot of my siblings had been in bands and some still are but so i think it'd be like a family review um with my family past and present bands coming together to play awesome. a show 
uh, only because if that could happen and people would show up and fill the metro, then that would be like a really good thing. So <laughs> those things all aligned. If, if we're able to do some fantasy here, then that would be a pretty cool thing to experience. Yeah. Hell yeah. Billy. Um, well, growing up as a little uh, rock and roll kid, I would probably have to say anywhere in Japan. <laughs> I think it would be sweet to go to Japan. Um, and uh, as far as like who we would play with, um, I mean, there's tons of like fantasy people. If if that was actually something realistic that that we would go do, I would like to find some some of our friends that are in a band around here or a couple bands and go that way and be like, "Welcome to where we're from. Check this out." <laughs> that would be ultimately cool for me. Like not playing with like any sort of superstar band, but like playing with uh, like taking an entourage of of uh, us and maybe a couple bands from the Michigan area. And, hitting japan and doing it so and that's totally realistic hopefully before i die so yeah that would be awesome i'm on board with going to japan let's start working on Uh, that (laughs) can you you hook us up (laughs) yeah i'll try what the hell want to be like you know small potatoes in japan (laughs) but if we could do budokan and have like a live record like yeah that would be (laughs) we need to find a club that's next to budokan and then be like live at Fresh. Next to Budokan. Yes. Yeah. That would be fantastic. So the new album is coming out sometime in the fall, right? Um, yep. What's uh, What else is going on with Thangs and Twang? Any we've, shows? We've been a little bit quiet for the last uh, seven or eight months in terms of live shows, um, but we're, because we've been focusing on the record and just... Uh, but that's done, and um, we'll be kicking it up. Uh, when is this coming out? I don't want to talk about stuff that's happening in the past. Uh, this will be like probably in uh, September. Okay. So yeah, so we'll, we uh, we'll be picking up ahead uh, of steam in terms of live shows here in uh, August, and we're looking forward to releasing the record in the fall. Um, probably, hopefully, going to print some vinyl. I'm just going to say it that way; it has to happen. Yeah. Um, we have we've been <laughs> doing CDs and, and online releases for the last three records, but. Um, you don't really see much of a need to print CDs anymore. And this so, will be the first record. Oh, yeah, man. I was, hey, like, we're, our CD's going to come. I was like, don't say CD, say record. Even if it's only on CD, just say record. <laughs> so we will hopefully have some vinyl for this one coming out. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll be doing we'll be doing release shows, hopefully, in definitely Nipsey and a couple other places. And uh, yeah, we do have a Original Gravity happening in September. So that's a brewery in Milan. Uh, we're yep. playing at that's September, right? September 30th, we're playing yeah. uh, the Fest in Ipsy on uh, October 7th. We're going to go October uh, 28th. We're going to be uh, on a showcase show at BMO's in Bay City with um, Slumlord Radio, Witchfish, and the uh, Fukushima Daisies, too. So keep it going. Oh, awesome. That'll be that's cool. <laughs> oh, that'll be really cool. That lineup's uh, going to make us sound like a country man because that's like a grunge sort of rock lineup, right? It's yeah, going to well, be yeah i'm trying to think so yeah it's a that's more pretty... radio rocks and witch fist rocks and the fukushima jamies are these are pretty cool stuff. yeah that's gonna be an eclectic show actually you know because yeah it'll be, it'll be a halloween party <laughs> oh man that'll be yeah great. so we're just looking forward to i think uh in the last couple of years we've been playing a lot of like sort of bar gigs where you play the whole night. And I think we're looking forward to getting out and, and sort of can play more multi-band uh, gigs and, and connecting with some new bands and, and just sort of getting out in some new rooms. Um, I think the pandemic was sort of limiting in terms of where we could go and For sure. where we could play and things like that. And I think we're still sort of 
you know, looking to move beyond that and uh, looking forward to getting out there and trying some new places out. Yeah. Tired of uh, scratching at the crushed velvet walls ready to get out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll always be playing uh, every week in Billy's garage. Oh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> there. Ride your little uh, pedal bike, a motor scooter right down, down across, across the street, street. Keep an ear out and you'll probably hear us. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So do you, uh, you actually do play in the garage? Is it- yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Year round. Yeah. Really? Year round? Yeah. In the winter, we set up a Dexter murder room, too. It turns into 400 square feet Just of to- violence. And we try to craft whatever we <laughs> inside that we can. <laughs> We can get it up to about fifty-two, and the witches open up the rocks. So, oh man, yeah, we don't. Uh, if we're not playing a lot of shows out live, we like uh, we have a little live from the garage video series we put up on my YouTube channel. <laughs> keep the content coming out that way. So, oh man, so uh, you know, if you guys could go um, talk with anybody, uh, alive or dead. Um, who would you like to talk to and what would you like to talk to them about? Oh man, this is a deep one. That's <laughs> just deep thoughts. Boom. <laughs> I want to go first. Joe? Yeah, I guess I'd probably pick one of my ancestors that came over on a boat. <laughs> uh, it was all my great grandparents on both sides, and a couple of them came from, some of them came from Ireland, some from Italy. Uh, so I think just to, just to, understand where they were and where they came from and, and what they I mean that's some of them yeah. are young right so that's yeah. just to understand what that was like and and what some of them probably didn't even make that choice right so they they were probably sent over and um but obviously with the hopes of much greener pastures over here so I think that would be interesting to talk to and yeah for sure that was that was like well, what time frame was that do you know um, it was my great grandparents, so I, I don't know exactly. I can't calculate the years, but it was two or eighteen hundred something. Yeah, probably late late eighteen hundreds. Nice, very cool. Did they come? Oh, and you were originally from Chicago, so they went to Chicago. Yeah, they all. Most of them have been in that area. I mean, some of them ended up a little bit more like in in the West, but the, yeah, they've largely my family has been in Chicago, and I've got you know hundreds of relatives there in that area from both sides of my family. Cool, excellent, uh, Billy. Um, <clears throat> I really have anybody in particular, probably just, uh, you know, a handful of deceased relatives I might like to talk to one more time. Just tell them, uh, everything is, everything's good. Everything's going well for everybody. And, uh, and we miss them. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Andy. Mm. <laughs> you can't say family because we sort of like wrote that. <laughs> yeah. There you can. <laughs> gotcha, sucker. Maybe a member, maybe it's some prominent jam band member. Why don't you go see what Abraham Lincoln was up to or something? Okay. <laughs> that was like, okay, which dead president? Which, hmm. so like, what, what really happened, JFK? What were yeah. you rapping? <laughs> Tell me the deal. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't Did know. Did you trust your CIA? Were they on your side or what? Yeah. Oh man, that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the very first uh, horror movie you saw as a kid? Jeez, um, do you remember? I think, I, I think it was like well, Friday Thirteenth. It was the first thing I can remember really seeing, um, and just like being absolutely terrified. <laughs> which is hilarious because i like watching friday the 13th now just for just for yucks i mean it was (laughs) hilarious 
just to watch. Yeah. Uh, so cheesy, but, um, but I just, I definitely remember being absolutely terrified and having to sleep on my parents' <laughs> floor. Man, this is a recurring theme about how frightened I was as a child. <laughs> First the Hulk, then Jason. Then you realize that they hid the Hulk head under the bed and you're like, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, shredded, but there's something else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember watching it. I, it may not have been the first one, but it's a memorable moment. It was like a sleepover with some cousins. And for some reason, like either it was either on cable, it probably was on our video, but it was, it was somehow like a messed up version of it. So you couldn't really see it clearly, but somehow it was still, still terrifying. <laughs> I used to watch Cinemax that way. It was kind of scrambled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of scrambled. You're you like, oh, I could kind of make out something there. <laughs> oh, I remember two the, the movies that scared the hell out of me when I was a kid that I saw at too young of an age. And one was some trauma movie called Mother's Day, which was just ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and then the other one was Helter Skelter, the Charles Manson murders. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that scared me so bad when I was a kid. Literally, like, like you're talking about sleeping on the floor. Like I remember trying to like wash my hair with my eyes open. <laughs> I don't know why I was, Charles Manson was so scary, but I was really young. I probably shouldn't have uh, let me watch that movie. Was that so, like a documentary? Like yeah, it was a like a weird made for TV. Yeah, it was like a made. Yeah, I remember he was that. in the courtroom and he would like freak out and just oh, like. Yeah. You know, I remember there was a copy of the book in my house oh, and, I read it had, and it had pictures in the middle oh, of like the murder scenes. And so I remember looking at that. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty freaky too. Oh my God. Yeah. We, uh, I watched, I was, I was probably a teenager, but it was the exorcist. And oh yeah. That, that just freaked me out. I, I still can't really watch that movie cause it's, it's fucking like that's just real, <laughs> man. That's not movies disturbing. <laughs> watch that movies... though all the time. Like my buddy, and my dad would like he come to his mom and dad or his dad's house every other weekend. So it was like, hey, rent a bunch of videos and get pizza. So we would rent like every like slasher movie that we could rent from the video store. So it was like all the Friday the Thirteenth, all the Nightmare on Elm Street, all those ones we watch all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And like you said, they were you know they're shocking, but then also just like fun, you know. Um, Evil Dead was sort of like that way too, although that was a little freaky too sometimes. But uh, that was that was Bruce Campbell, right? Yeah, Evil yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think yeah, was, there was some good comedy. And I mean, Freddy Krueger was hilarious. Oh always, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which my kids get the guts to watch. Um, I think the best horror movie for kids is Poltergeist. Oh yeah, because <laughs> there's nothing really nasty in Poltergeist. No. It's just scary and gas, you know. So like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I when I'm ready to stay up for like two weeks straight, I'll be like, you want to watch a scary movie? I'm ready to have someone else in my bed for two I know, weeks. My kids, oh, you're obsessed with the '80s, huh? Well, this is what we watched in the '80s. Now go to sleep. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, uh, thank you so much for being on Fans with Bands. I I have just one last question, right. and that is: pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? Mm. i am a huge pineapple on pizza fan but i'm gonna edit and say you don't put ham and pineapple you put pineapple bacon and red onion and you get cajun crust oh no more i weigh 270 so go ahead and try me (laughs) (laughs) i'm fine with pineapple on that but you know i i also had a chicken shawarma pizza for dinner tonight and it had pickles and beets and garlic (laughs) sauce So, yeah, I'm like, whatever you want to put on there, it's fine. 
<laughs> awesome. I, uh, I grew up in Chicago where we love our pizza and it's not the thick crust that we like. We love the tavern style. Um, and so I love making pizza. I've been chasing my tavern style recipe for years and I finally got it dialed in. Um, so I'm, I, I love all sorts of toppings on pizza. I love sausage jardinera. That's great on a thin crust, but I'm also totally fine with pineapple. And I think there's a time and place for all those things. Good man. But I, I don't <laughs> like Michigan pizza, though. I will say that. So I would not want it on a Michigan pizza. <laughs> a Michigan. So like what? Lots of dough. Too much dough. Oh, you know? too much. so that's a Michigan pizza. Too much dough. Because I'm yes. trying to think, well, what is Michigan pizza? It's got to be done. That's that square style with it. No, no, not oh, Detroit. The not Detroit, Detroit, the Detroit like style. No, I'm I'm actually down with Detroit style. I think I'm not down with like Aubrey's style. I'm calling out Aubrey's. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's the pizza crust, man. We're all a little bit doughy. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but real quick, I was I, I, I was another song that I've been working on, which is a monster song, but isn't directly related to a monster. It was it's just called you know it's talking about living in a world full of monstrous things. And then it goes on to list things that really aren't all that monstrous. And one of them is, you know, there's a line, pineapple pizza nearly brought you to the brink. <laughs> Don't know what to do in a world full of monstrous things. So tie it all together. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. You got to finish that one, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks again, guys, for being on Fans with Bands. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for doing this, and it's it's so great to 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 know folks are out like there, like you doing supporting and promoting, and it's 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 makes it the scene what it is, and it's it's so great to have you. So thank you so much, and uh, thanks, man. Seeing you soon. All right, man. All right, thanks, guys. Right. Cool. Take it easy. All right. Many thanks to Joe, Andy, and Billy for joining me on this episode of Fans of Bands. It was great to catch up with the guys in Fangs with Twang and learn all about this wonderful band. I love how they make seriously fun music. If you get a chance, go see them live on October 7th at Ziggy's in Ypsilanti. Keep an eye on all things Fangs with Twang at their website and socials. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>